So uh, one of the things that I'm figuring out about the face masks when you're out, you know, in a grocery store or whatever, is that when you smile at people, nobody knows that you're smiling at them. So you kind of just have like this dead eye over the mask look at everybody. Kind of weird. And she's like just paint a smile on your mask. Hmm. But what if I don't want to smile at that person? Maybe we need to develop some sort of like um, indicators, like lights above your uh, head or something. Like a green light is a smile, red light is a frown, yellow light is like meh. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't even with your eyes, Colson. <laughs> well, you don't. Well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, if you're smiling with your eyes, you really got to give it a go. You know, you got to be real. Like sometimes you just want to give that like kind of half smile. <laughs> Looks you know? like an insane person. <laughs> you know, but like no, like when you're in, like there was this guy coming towards me, and like you know, kind of people are waiting so that they can get a little bit of social distancing, and you know, he's kind of gives me that kind of exasperated look, and I give him like the half smile, like you know, oh, yeah, I know what you, I know, yeah. Do you believe this shit? We're all going through this. I didn't give it enough energy to like sparkle with my eyes, you know. Did, that wasn't that kind of smile. So he just had the uh, he just got my dead eyes. That's all he got. So I, I just that's about all he deserved. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, Jason, I like this idea of of the, the the light system, but I think our technology is is good enough that we could have like some sort of screen with emojis on it, and then we don't even you know you don't. Oh, need... that'd be dope. Yeah. That'd be dope. Yeah. I mean, this is where we perfect, like, the invisibility camouflage thing. We just have cameras pointing inward at your mouth and then hologrammed on the outside. Yes. Uh, yeah. Get right on that, Joe. <laughs> Get those AWS You're a tech guy. working on that. Let me uh, check on Amazon. Yep. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> it's going to be two months till my parts get here, though. Right. Red 3D printer handle a jack and <laughs> and a soldering Some copper gun. wire <laughs> uh, big dreams require big bottles of whiskey yeah or maybe we need to go back to uh what was that what was the stuff they did on the ships with the flags the uh, semaphore semaphore yeah mm. maybe we need to go back Good to pole, semaphore. harbor yeah <clears throat> I think a lot of our problems would be eased if we were all at sea right now, right? Uh, I, don't I think know. those a lot of ships people didn't, are, yeah. go, didn't a lot go so of well. Getting sick on ships. Right now. There's too many people. Uh, I just want like small boats, you know. <laughs> oh, we're all on in individual sailboats. Is that everything? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if we could all have the 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 David Geffen. Uh, was that the guy's name? Uh, Hundred and. 30 foot yacht or whatever did you guys see that he like uh, tweeted he was like yep I'm social distancing oh, like, God. out on his yacht in the middle of the Mediterranean with this crew of 50 yeah yeah they didn't go over that well on social media no alright oh we haven't started yet I don't know <laughs> we never stopped Paulson cool. you got something stupid right <laughs> Always got something stupid. It's the only reason we'll, you guys. We'll, we'll try to remember to do the intros this time. We're on. This. <laughs> We're on. This. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah. So, uh, just prepare to. Uh,
Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and uh, goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is, uh, the days don't matter anymore, but it is April 11th, 2020, and this is episode 445. This week, of course, we've got no Pacers basketball to speak of because of the coronavirus shutdown, but we've got the under, we've got the Undegoogables. We're going deep in this one. Uh, we're going to be answering lots of questions uh, today. Joining me are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to uh, what used to be known as Tax Day, uh, April 15th. I was delightedly informed that the filing deadline has been extended. So uh, I was going to warn you all just to to, to uh, submit your taxes, but no need to. <laughs> now just don't do it. Well, you can, you know, you can wait. <laughs> I got mine done this week anyway. I was, I'm happy that it's off, off the plate. Shout out. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, the tomb is empty. The Lord is risen indeed. Happy Easter. <laughs> and uh, wash your hands. Uh, and from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? Uh, if you do decide to go to church tomorrow, don't have the uh, pastor spray salt water in your face with the same nozzle as everybody else. Don't do that. <laughs> Not very good idea. Yeah. So yeah. So if I go to Easter uh, Sunday and and the pastor says I'm going to spray you with salt water, uh, say no. Yeah. I no mean, me- at that point, I mean, just generally, I'd be out on pretty much anything. Church. <laughs> I mean, just anything. Yeah. Um, but especially now, you know. Yeah, got yeah. Uh, got fifty people infected in that service. Is that correct with coronavirus? S- something like that. Hmm. South Korea. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, I guess PSA. I'm not a doctor, but uh, salt water does not ward off uh, the coronavirus. So, if that's your plan, go back to the drawing board. You did say you're not a doctor, though, right? I did. I am. Okay. I'm not a doctor. Not a doctor. Jason's a doctor. What do you think? <laughs> I say give it a shot. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Ay, ay, ay. He's kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you're looking to uh, pick up any supplies, uh, like salt water or whatever, you can find them on Amazon. Uh, it doesn't cost anything extra. But if you click our link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon, any shop and you do uh, kicks a small percentage of the sale back to us. 
I don't think we should. We should. We can't say that uh, anything bought through there would protect them from the uh, coronavirus, right? We can't say that, right? I mean, we uh, could say whatever we want, but we'd just be lying. Yeah, that's like, true. We got to put it past our lawyers first. Yeah. Yeah. Social distancing. That's what protects you. Okay. That's right. All right. So we have uh, Colson. We've redrafted. Uh, we've redrafted the Pacers uh, through the years. Now we've got a, uh, a winning, a winning, winning franchise. We got a bunch of titles under our belts. That's right. Everything's great uh, in Pacerland. So we've solved all those problems. Uh-huh. Um, I think I'm ready to move on to just different, uh, different uh, realms of wisdom in the undergoogables. Uh, what do you got for us this, this week? We doing under Googleables? That was the plan. I'm super excited. Um, you told us we had to. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Oh my gosh, I've missed the under Googleables. I'm so glad it's back. I was, I was, you know, we have a, a, a separate feed for Undergoogleables, right? So we've gone back and mined out all the Undergoogleables over the years, and, and we play it on the. Uh, Ungoogleable podcast, which if you're not signed up for that, please subscribe. Um, I was listening to this year, and it occurred to me that uh, even though we've done a lot of holidays, I don't think we've done Easter. I do not believe that I know the origin of the Easter Bunny, and I think we should figure it out right now. Anybody have any Easter thoughts? Easter Bunny. Why does the Easter Bunny exist? I mean, Can you I remind me, it, like do, I don't know. We've done a bunch of these. Yeah, we've done a Where bunch did, of these. Like the Tooth Fairy come from? Um, so the Tooth Fairy was, uh, gosh, that was it. Had a, a bunch of different origins, but it yeah, was, every like, everybody, every culture had some sort of um, uh, sort stealing of stealing children's teeth, superstition vehicle. around the teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like there was, I think it was in Japan. They like take the tooth and like put it under the house to ward off evil spirits. Sometimes they take the mouse teeth because because mouse teeth like grow forever or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like good luck or something like that. But yeah, I think the idea was yeah, to either ward off evil spirits or bring in good spirits. Yeah, and, and culturally it made sense that it happened around the world because every child has to go through the trauma of losing a tooth and so they've all kind of created this stuff. Um... Was the fairy specific to something though? I don't think so. Because there was there was there was the magic the, thing. Yeah, it seems like some. Because there was European like the people. the uh, the uh, uh, you know tooth mouse or whatever. You're right, but like there was I think the fairy was specific. I mean, because what was the uh, like Santa was a uh, Nordic elf, right? That was that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny, I feel like, is a pagan thing. Are they or, all pagan things, sort of? I mean, yeah, sure. Aren't we all? Are we all pagans when it really comes down to it? No. Uh, no, but I feel like Easter, the Easter holiday, basically, was co-opted from the pagan um, vernal equinox sort of festival. I thought of like fertility and rebirth, rebirth and. and- uh, all of this stuff and and 
rabbits, as you know, as a rabbit owner, uh, Colson, <laughs> are uh, notoriously fertile creatures. Mm. So I sort of always assumed that that's where it came from. That that you know. So the rabbits are the representative of fertility, sort of in this the situation. Yeah. Do they have like similar some to the rabbit egg? Chase? Right. Like that's definitely why the egg. Why we do like egg hunts around mm. Easter, right? Because the egg is the sign of the new uh, generation or whatever, right? Well, I mean, eggs make sense, right? In the sense that, yeah, it, it is. Uh, you're about to hatch from something. There's birth that has nothing to do with rabbits at all, right? That, that no, that's what I'm saying. The eggs make sense. Uh, the rabbits are connected because rabbits don't lay eggs. Um, but I suppose rabbits are fertile. Well, but I mean that begs the question: Why eggs? Hmm. Which came mm. first, the rabbit or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> it's an age-old question. Very good question. Well played, sir. Do, do you think that, that that our pagan ancestors had some kind of rabbit chase or something? Hmm. Yeah. There's there's probably something. Didn't didn't a lot? Of, I feel like a lot of this stuff ended up being weird, like key parties, like pagan mm. key parties. Haven't we gone through several you, of those in our? In what have you been watching, man? <laughs> I feel like we've done pagan key parties before, um, and I feel like the vernal equinox was definitely that. Um, so, yeah. What if like like you you send out uh, like somebody's got to take their clothes off and chase a rabbit, whoever <laughs> catches it, like gets to have sex with whoever they want or something like that. Ooh. Uh, or yeah, they could eat know. it. I, mean, I think I think I think conies are pretty good eating. Yeah, and they're probably easier to hunt when they're distracted by mating. Mm. Or taking care of their kids, or mm-hmm. the kids are stupid. So you <laughs> the kids are stupid. The kids, kids are rabbits, stupid. Rabbits aren't super smart. Uh, speaking as a dumb as a kid rabbit, <laughs> they're quick. <laughs> they are yeah. super quick. I, I mean, it's either like this or like Big Sugar, right? Well, okay. So it, it's funny because I, I, we were thinking yeah. about uh, – we were yeah. doing the Valentine's Day one. Uh, you know, I was listening to that recently. Um, and Harper was like, this is definitely about Hallmark. And, we, you know, we argued and we were like, no, there's got to be some history to it. I think in this sense, this is definitely Hallmark. I think that Hallmark made up the Easter Bunny. Because it doesn't make any sense. It's does, it's not connected to anything. Why is it? Why is it a bunny? A, why is a rabbit carrying around eggs? I think this is created by Hallmark. Or who's the uh, who's the egg I'll company? Buy that. The uh, who's Big Egg? Is that what you're what you're asking? Uh, like the, the the people who make the egg decorations. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like Cadbury. Oh, Cadbury. Yeah, yeah, no. No, they, they make, make the chocolate disgusting. eggs. They make those they make, yeah, the, eggs, the yeah. cream-filled I, chocolate. But, like, it's yeah. a puzzle? No. I feel oh, like it starts yeah. with a P. Right, right, right. Like those little kits that you can get with the wire thing, right. and you dip yeah, your yeah, yeah. Yeah, egg yeah, in there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what about um, Peeps? Is it Big Peeps? Is that who made this up? Big Peeps. Because they have, they have the <laughs> chickens, too, the little chicks, and that makes sense, right? The chicks make sense, sense sure. because they're connected to the egg. 
That's exactly why they wouldn't have had the creativity to come up with the Easter Bunny. Big locked in orthodoxy. Yeah, big peeps have been playing it safe for a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, could there be an a, an outside link of like something? Um, I don't. I mean, you're the you're a biblical scholar. Sure. Person, like, <laughs> do done so well are, on that do rabbits play a role in like are there are there stories of no you know rabbits no i think aesop in the bible i think aesop is is big on the rabbits um i don't think okay. the bible's big on rabbits maybe it goes to the rabbit's foot which is good luck that's uh it's spring we need good luck so there's sure. a bunch of rabbits around good harvest know. yeah um I feel like a lot of this stuff does have its roots in like northern European Christianity sort of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this just feels weirdly American to me. Mm. Okay, okay. Well, because I, you know, we we talked about um, if if this is, uh, you know, you're right, Jason. This is a pagan holiday. The Easter is put on top of a pagan holiday, right? And um, Jesus rising from the dead is about the rebirth and spring and all that stuff kind of works into that and rabbits do have their litter in spring and I suppose that makes sense I'm just trying to figure out when somebody did that was that the were the pagans doing it and when when the Christians put Easter on top that they just kind of inherited the rabbit or is this yeah, like America. Like this is is this like Coke? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And, and you could imagine, um, you know, Disney. big sugar trying to uh, play off the popularity of Bugs Bunny or something like that. Mm. Like, oh, kids like rabbits. Let's just start throwing rabbits on um, our packaging for yeah, big sugar these candies or something. Okay, I like it. I like it. Yeah, because chickens are not that cute. They're not, and, and you know, and and, and basically uh, dumb. I beg and, to differ. They are stupid, but I think they're cute. Okay, chicks are cute. Chicks are cute, not yeah. chickens. Yeah. Certainly oh, not roosters. I want to murder every yeah. rooster I've ever met. <laughs> wow, uh, they're mean. They're mean and they're loud in the morning. Just not a good kind of rooster demographic. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. It was a big demo for us. So the other reason is that Big Sugar definitely like weave their way into Easter, right? Like the only thing that I associate with Easter is getting an Easter basket full of candy and candy. Sure, yeah, chocolate. Like that's the only thing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, No, dying eggs. You you did that, no? Sure, dying eggs, but. Yeah. I definitely didn't. My care. my older sisters got a lot more of that than I did. By the time I came around, my mom was like, "Man, <laughs> that boy don't want to do this." <laughs> right? She was right. Was she? Was, I did was she wrong? No. So okay, um, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm pretty good with this. I, I think was Joey. Do you have a Do you have a, an opinion? Because I, I feel like we've. It's either some pagan key party um, that involves rabbits, or it's Big Sugar. <laughs> uh, so what's the spe- what's the specific question? Uh, where the- does the Easter Bunny come from? Easter Bunny specifically, okay. Um, 
I mean, I think the bunny is so. I I would say maybe the bunny and the the eggs would be. Yeah, I mean, like maybe I'm not uh, like kind of unrelated. Maybe they they came from different different places. Um. Yeah, I don't know about key party, but I would say maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see, you know, you see rabbits in the spring when they're, uh, I see rabbits in the spring when uh, my cat goes out and brings some back for us, mm. Um, mm. leaves them on the doorstep. Um, that's, uh, it's always sad. Um, but yeah, I think they're, they're a sign of spring from age, age old, uh, this goes back to the, to Harper's uh, pagan ancestors. Mine are Christian all the way back, but mm. yeah, better better stock than my pagan <laughs> forefathers. <laughs> my maternal side all Christians. They're just the okay. forefathers. They were okay. Dicks. Oh sure. <laughs> Did you guys know that there's an Easter Bunny tracker? Really? Just like a Santa Claus tracker? Absolutely. That's awesome. Wow. Is the Easter Bunny already started? He's in Brasilia. He has delivered 1.1 billion baskets. Already? He's traveling somewhere. He's, his, his speed is varying between about 1,500 and 4,500 miles an hour. Mm. <laughs> and he's eating 31,607 carrots. Now, wow. those kind of speeds, uh, I don't know. That doesn't seem like enough calories quite to me. But uh, <laughs> Well, he's got all that chocolate. He's probably popping too. <laughs> I know. Where's where's the where's the chocolate ounce counter? That's what. I mean. <laughs> oh, he's a he's a uh, he's been diabetic for a long time. Wait up, wait up. <laughs> he needs to be careful in the COVID. Really, they say diabetes is high risk. And also, yeah, you, you stay you safe, Easter Bunny. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't eat your own supply. <laughs> You're not going to make money that way. No. Okay. Oh. So what I'm seeing so far is that the Easter Bunny was reportedly introduced to America by German immigrants who brought over stories of an egg-laying hare. Really? Uh, decorations of eggs is believed to date back to at least the 13th century. Um, the exact origins are unclear, but rabbits known to be prolific procreators are an ancient symbol of fertility and new life. Uh, Easter Bunny first arrives in 1700s. Uh, German immigrants in Pennsylvania transported their tradition of egg-laying hair called Osterhaas. Mm. Osterhaas? My boy. Children made nests in which this creature could lay its colored eggs. Did you know there was a pagan god of fertility called Eostra? No. Mm-mm. And there was there for a festival of Eostra, which I'm guessing is just Easter. They just mm. ripped that name straight off. Really? Just Christians used all of their creativity on writing that book, had nothing left for Brandon. <laughs> Yoster. Yeah, that looks that sounds a lot like Easter. You're right. 
E-O-S-T-R-E. Uh, the hair was a popular modi- motif in medieval church art. In ancient times, it was widely believed, as by Pliny the Elder, Plutarch, Philostratus, and Aelian, uh, that the hair was a hermaphrodite. The idea that hair could reproduce <laughs> without loss of virginity led to an association with the Virgin Mary. Really? With hair something That is with, ironic. Uh, <laughs> uh, occurring in illuminated manuscripts and Northern European paintings of the Virgin and the Christ Child. Boy, they did not have a good understanding of animal behavior. <laughs> and that sounds, that sounds nothing like a key party. <laughs> I mean, come on, the uh, oyster. Yeah, I mean, this story's so far-fetched, this is probably a thinly veiled key party. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't have any specifics here, but uh, time has, uh, some identify the holiday with other types of animals like foxes or cuckoo birds. Hmm. Um, and when I click on foxes, I get a Wikipedia site in German. So I'm going to go with that's probably them. I'm saying that the custom was first mentioned in George Frank von Frankenau's De Ovis Paschal. Pasch- How do you say that? Paschalibus. Which is about Easter eggs uh, in 1682. Referring to a German tradition of an Easter hare bringing Easter eggs for the children. So it's Germans. The Germans. Okay. Um, yeah. The Ostra, uh, apparently, a venerable. Venerable bed. Wasn't that your uh, nickname in high school? <laughs> He's an 8th century scholar, uh, and his work, The Reckoning of Time, said that Easter stems from oyster. Um, although there's no historical evidence to prove his point. Mm. Uh, I'm saying that the hare uh, was the sacred beast of Easter. Oyster. Whatever, a Saxon goddess of spring and of the dawn. Yeah, there, there's definitely. It seems like there's probably some sort of through line there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's both something that the pagans were into, and it sort of trickled down through. Probably fell away, and then the Germans. The Germans came up with their own yeah. thing, and then yeah, yeah. and then so, American uh, branding got a hold of that bad boy. Yeah. Did you? Get, uh, I've got uh, 1572. Um, Germany uh, do not wo- worry if the Easter Bunny escapes you should we miss his eggs we will cook the nest mm. um, wait that's the what? earliest yeah that's, that's the what, earliest that is, reference that to the Easter Bunny ill threat yeah that is yes, not the kind of Easter Bunny that we have <laughs> but it is very German it's but very it's basically German. the parents saying like if the Easter Bunny doesn't bring you treats then we, I'm gonna burn. We gonna that murder Easter that dude good. <laughs> Get this wow. thing done. Yeah. Um, Easter is the second best selling candy holiday in America after Halloween. Okay. Um, according to the National Confectioners Association, over 16 billion jelly beans are made in the U.S. each year 
just for Easter. Mm. Enough to <laughs> fill a giant egg measuring 89 feet high and 65 or 60 feet wide. Um, this for the U.S. Yes, correct. Okay. Um, I also anecdotally know that uh, this is the uh, biggest uh, day for buying uh, baby rabbits. Uh, Easter, yeah. um, people give their children uh, bunnies on Easter, and um, I believe within the first week is the busiest time for rabbit rescues. The first week after Easter, um, and so um, if you have uh, b- bought a uh, bunny for your child and uh, you're going to give it up, <laughs> do so responsibly, uh, or uh, or just do some research on the internet. Uh, rabbits are really sweet animals and easy to take care of, so they probably will poop on your floor, but it's it's really easy to clean up. And they will eat your cords. They will eat your cords. You should you should rabbit proof your house. Oh, that's cool. Nobody has cords in this day and age. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> everything's wireless. wireless. Everything's wireless. So. Dude, history.com is killing this thing. So decorating eggs for Easter is a tradition that dates back at least to the thirteenth century. The explanation is that eggs were formerly forbidden during Lent. Oh. Ah, that so, makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it? So people yeah. paint and decorate to mark them the end of the period of penance and penance and fasting. Yeah. Um, the first Easter egg hunt or Easter egg White House Easter egg roll occurred in 1878. It's Rutherford B. Hayes. Okay. Um, that needs to go on our list of weird facts about presidents. Yep. Um, <laughs> the event has no religious significance, although some people have considered egg rolling symbolic. <laughs> this is a stretch. Symbolic of the stone blocking Jesus's tomb being rolled away. <laughs> sure. Mm. And, and, and also the other one that I liked, the jelly bean, uh, which became associated with Easter in the 30s, uh, dates all the way back to a biblical era concoction called a Turkish delight. Hmm. Hmm. So, and that's distinct from the thing that is a Turkish delight today? I don't know. Do Turkish delights still exist? Yeah, totally. That was uh, my nickname in high school. <laughs> That's the best part about flying Turkish air is you get a Turkish delight when you get on. It's like a little oh, candy thing. I know. It. Yeah. No. No. I've seen those things. Yeah, they're like those weird little cube guys covered with uh, yep powdered sugar. Yep. Yeah, jelly beans are better. Agreed. But I'm just curious if uh... this is clearly its ancestor. Yeah. Okay, yeah, same thing. Okay, gotcha. It, it's not uh, it, it's not a trade name. Okay, gotcha. All right. Does that satisfy you, Colson? I, I feel like that does. I and um So if I recall, it, it was a lot of the Santa stuff came from Germany as well, right? I mean, it, it was Nordic, but like there was also German influence, is that correct? I don't remember, but sure. Yeah. yeah. Don't they have... Who has Krumpus? The Germans. I think that's the, the Germans. I believe yeah. that's yep. the Germans. All right. Germans are all about weird things coming to you in the middle of the night. And may or may not beating you in a sack. Maybe. Hmm. It's sort maybe of not. like... Maybe not. Yeah. 
Uh, <clears throat> okay. Well, that was very successful. I feel like I've learned a bunch about uh, Easter. Um, I do have more on Googleables. Would you like to do more? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yay! Cheers. Yeah, there's still some uh, room in my drink for some some more talking. Well, speaking of drinks, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that measure of liquid. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so speaking of drinks, uh, this was a, a uh, request from a fan, fan of the show, uh, Mike Morrow. Uh, he wants to know about the uh, punch, punch bowl, punch drink. Uh, whether it is related to the word punch, as in punching somebody else, um, wh- what's the history of the punch bowl, um, and where did the name come from? So, I know a little bit about this um, just from the popularity of the punch bowl. I believe just from bartending uh, is goes back quite a ways. Um, I, I believe it started as a rum drink, um, and um, I think Victorian England. I mean, it's 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 it goes back a ways, um, and has been around a long time, and then kind of faded away and turned into Hawaiian punch, and has is sort of recently made a, you know, and then you had to spike the punch, right? You know, because yeah. we think of mm-hmm. of punch being non-alcoholic, um, but uh, at the Libertine when I was working, there was sort of, you know, as this craft cocktail. Um, sort of movement happens. They're bringing back the original punch bowl, and we made big old bowls of uh, alcoholic punch for people, and they were quite the hit. Um, and you know, the um, the old crystal big punch bowl, like that's what that was for. It was a big deal. You would go have a big party with your punch. So that's my understanding of it. I don't have more understanding than that. I don't exactly have a date, but I believe they were rum when they started. And I believe it was probably Victorian England is my memory of it. So that's my history of it. But I don't know why that word is punch. Um, I don't know if it's related to the word punch, like it punched you in the mouth or whatnot. So I wonder if you guys had thoughts. Well, my first thought is I hadn't realized how violent the language was surrounding that particular trick. <laughs> that punch, <laughs> spike. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, does it have something to do with how strong the concoction itself was? Uh, we used to limit uh, tables to just one punch bowl because they're pretty strong. <laughs> you guys just mixing yeah, like, up bowls of AMFs over there? <laughs> pretty much. I mean, my, yeah. yeah, my assumption was that it came from the idea that it wasn't just a simple drink, but it, it packed a punch, you know. Okay. Mm. We'll get you drunk. But, so, I kind of got lost there in your explanation was so in its original form it was an alcoholic drink or yes it was not that, that my right. my uh okay. my understanding is that punch was created as an alcoholic drink and that the okay. non-alcoholic drink came from came um later. yeah came later as you know because alcohol. the kids you know kept getting into right. the punch bowl but so, that's my understanding of it i don't i don't really know is it is it rum like a Caribbean liquor? Yes, 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 for sure. So how could there have been punch bowls in Victorian England? Well, so uh, that's part of the the uh, slave uh, triangle and stuff like sugarcane. I mean, sugar, so so yeah. rum comes from sugarcane or from sugar, right? So you make rum 
from that sugar and then you take it back to Europe. Mm-hmm. For sure. So when did rum hit Europe? Uh, when did this um, slave triangle start? I'm guessing like uh, f- 1600s or 1500s. 1500s, I'm guessing. Europe. Yeah. I'm guessing it started in 1516? I guess I wouldn't have thought of... Well, yeah, I guess you wouldn't export the product. You'd export the recipe, right? I was just thinking to myself, like, you can't export water, right? Which is what alcohol is mostly water, right? You can't export something that heavy. It's not feasible. I bet but you, you export would the export the, the rum, though. You could also would just you, bring really? the sugar back to Europe. That's what I'm thinking, right? And, and let then you bring the recipe, it. and then you, you can make do it. Both, you can do both. But my understanding is that the... Um, when you want to process things and take a raw ingredient and turn it into something else, the cheapest way to do that is at the source, right? For sure. So um, you want I to have also, your plant like right by the, or your distillery very near to the, the sugar. Sure. But when you've got such a, I mean, the boats that we were sailing around back then were so small. Hmm. Weight was the primary component back then. Sure. To profitability. Yeah. I know that at least now there's a big deal about like in Puerto Rico you've got a the the law is that you have to age rum for uh two and a half years um in you know, a barrels. So I don't know if the, the rules were that back then when they first started making rum. I don't know how long they aged them, but I'm wondering if you would age them on the island where you had the sugar, you know, um, or whether you would just age it during a boat trip. I don't know. I was trying to think about how to extend the. You're not necessarily like just making rum immediately, is what I'm saying. Um, right. Yeah. Th- that would be my assumption. I mean, it definitely feels very Victorian England because it's just like a like punch bowls are like as yeah. we know them are just like big useless fancy objects. Very yeah. Victorian yes. England. Yeah, right? for sure, for sure. I suspect that they were probably something less, you know, or ornate and ostentatious before that. I mean, dude, potentially, I don't know. Yeah, rich people come up with very very little culture on their own. Mm. Yeah, we steal it from poor people, right? Okay, well then, th- that, that that's actually really good. I hadn't thought about that, but what if this isn't, you know, you said you're uh, importing recipes, not actual rum. What if it's the the slaves or the pirates or the, you know, the, you know who, that come up with the recipe, um, and then that's taken back to Victorian Italy, and that popularizes it? Like you know, what if it's the the ship crews or the you know the the people? Because basically, the, the, you you would you would sail to Africa, you would you would pick up your slaves, you'd go to the Caribbean, you'd you'd uh, right. you know get your sugar, and then you'd go back to Europe. I wonder if in that process the alcohol is created. I mean, at some point, if you know, if rum was the original thing in it, I mean, maybe it was was it a I guess the first. Was it like a Caribbean tradition of some sort, right? Was it something that started in the Caribbean and that itself got exported? Sure, sure. That's also quite possible. Because, I mean, okay, so like um, a daiquiri, 
It's a very simple drink. Um, it's well, it's basically, assuming you have refrigeration, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's, it's yeah. actually not. Even you don't even need it, right? It's not a frozen daiquiri. It's 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 uh, lime, um, sugar, and rum. That's all it is. That's the entire drink. And I believe that punches were based on that, right? And you would just add more stuff to it. A bunch of rum, you'd throw citrus in. You know, you think of that, the, the sort of typical punch has like the, the lime and the lemon and the orange floating around or whatever. Like I, I mean, think that's, that's just, that's, that's a whole bunch of expensive fruit, right? Not if you're in the uh, Caribbean. Caribbean. Right, exa- exactly, throw. right. Not yeah. for, for the Europeans, this stuff is like outlandish. Yeah, that would be, right, that would be expensive, right. Yeah. So if you're just, you're adding spices and fruit and, you know, uh, into a rum drink, uh, you're probably doing that in the Caribbean, correct? And not but starting so, that in Europe. So this is sort of interesting to me, though, because weren't mu- wasn't much of the Caribbean uninhabited before? Uh, this is why I'm thinking it's trade? like this is why I'm thinking it's a slave um, development or a pirate or like ship crew development. That's what okay. I'm thinking. Because it's not as if they like would have landed in whatever dominica and all of a sudden there's like people there that have been refining sugarcane uh and brewing distilling their own rum like that came right i i mean i guess i need a a history lesson i I don't think they were making rum before um the europeans showed up with slaves i don't think so okay that's my sense as well is that much but of I the could, I could be wrong. uninhabited. Yeah. None of this uh, speaks to where the term punch comes from. <laughs> Outside of maybe it was just a really strong drink and a punch in the face. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, I, I feel like that's, you know, we got to go Occam's Razor on this one. And that's like the the answer that's staring us in the face. Yeah. I don't know what else it could be. I mean, it's, it's either it's that some or Victorian like a, dude that's like, a weird oh, cognate. So, yeah. This gives you a jolly old punch, mate, you know. Or something that might have been Australian. I don't know, but <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you know, maybe people uh, get in a lot of fights when uh, when they're drinking this. That happens. What's the mm-hmm. thing that you guys always talk about when there's um, the two things rise up uh, separately and then sort of become the thing? It's like same thing. Uh, Parallel evolution? Yes, parallel evolution. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're thinking it's probably not that. You think this is probably directed, connected to the origin of the physical punching. Uh, Convergent evolution. I'm sure that the term punching existed before the drink punch. Is that what you mean? And then people described the drink. Right, that's our guess. Okay. Being having a punch. Okay. Especially if the punch came in Victorian England, you're probably not inventing a word at that point for a thing that already existed. So the the thing that's strange to me about this is like punch bowls, I think of as specifically Victorian England, right? And rum, I think of as specifically Spanish or Mm. Hispanic, right? And the Caribbean likewise, right? It's not that there wasn't any inner trade. There certainly was. But that's who colonized the Caribbean, right? 
and we mm. ended up with an English word for it. I mean, I, uh, clearly we would. I mean, I guess my only question is: no, was, it was pre pre Victorian colonized the Caribbean? It would have been George and those guys, right? I thought that the Spanish colonized, like, moved the slave trade there, the Dominican Republic. In, in what, 1572 or something like that? I'm just putting out yeah, a date. in the mid-1500s, <laughs> yeah. So how did it get to Isn't England? That is before, I think of Victorian England as, like, 17 to 1800s. It's, like, 1820. Okay, yeah. So I, I feel like the... Caribbean was colonized pre-Victorian, right? Certainly, but not by the English, okay. is my point. Right. Oh, sure. So yeah, there sure. may have yeah, been yeah, a tradition yeah. called something else prior right. to it. That sure. was my only point, right? So right. It's not some like fancy tradition. English court drinking punch right. before other people had created it. Right. They may have yeah gotten something similar from a different culture. Because again, yes. I just don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. That, that that high-end Victorians came up with crap on their own. Yeah, just, no, I so think you make a good point. So then, okay, so then, and this is based on my bad etymology. Is is they stole? They misheard the word punk or something like that, right? And just Some Spanish word instead of yeah, yeah okay, right. I see what you're saying. Either that, or you know, they mixed a drink. Do you know how strong it was going to be? Got drunk, said that packs a punch, and then started hitting each other. And then both equally yeah. possible in my mind. Okay, so. I like that. I like both of those options. <laughs> this is pretty good. All right. Based off limited knowledge and oh, lots of guessing. Oh, boo. Ooh. Way off. <laughs> We're way off. Way off. The word punch is a loan word from Hindi. It it's was, a what? The drink was introduced from India to the United Kingdom in the early 17th century. Hmm. The original drink was named Ponch, which is Hindi for five, and the drink was made from five different ingredients. Spirit, sugar, wow. lemon, water, or tea and spices. Okay, which all those things are true. We got the recipe of the punch First down, is what I'm saying. First recorded in British documents <laughs> in 1632. Right, we just got hung up on the rum thing. Yeah. Okay. Around 1655, Jamaican rum came into the use, came into use, and the modern punch emerged. Okay, so so basically, the punch recipe was there with not rum. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right, that's a good one. So wait, okay, so it's not related to the word punch at all. No. 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 Nope. Loan word from from Hindi. Shout out to India. It's the first time India has made a, an appearance in the, the Undertale yeah, well, well, well done. Etymology. Uh, in Australia, a drink called Blow My Skull is a famous alcoholic <laughs> punch drink. It contains rum, porter, lime, sugar, and other ingredients. Uh, so what was the spirit then in the Hindi um, punch? It just says alcohol. It doesn't... Some sort of grain, alcohol, sure, whatever. Yeah, I don't. These weren't a bunch of uh, you know 
craft brewers back then. <laughs> sure. A bunch of bathtub <laughs> grain alcohol right, to pour right, right, in right. and get drunk. And, and then put back. sugar and citrus in it so it yeah. was palatable. We're talking about and, like the East India Company. These people spent months at sea on a cramped ship. Yeah. Alcohol good. You know what? So that there, makes, is a, there is a second that makes a idea lot of sense. That, that some believe the word originates from the English puncheon, which was a volumetric description for certain sized barrels huh. used to transport alcohol on ships. Oh, they were transporting alcohol on ships. But Indeed, my friend. Uh, pure alcohol. I'm like, well, no, they did. I guess they did beer for drinking. Well, yeah, yeah, well, they definitely shipped beer. That was the, the whole idea of the uh, IPA. That's where that comes from. Right, but that's to feed the sailors. That's not for trade. Well, and the, and sure. the sailors, or I mean, and the um, troops on the other side. Right, but again, not for trade. It's not a money-making endeavor, sure. right? Sure, sure, Because sure. it's too heavy, or it's heavier than other things that they could be transporting. Yeah. But th- yeah, that's why they hopped um, the beer so much, so that the, the, um, that's how you get an, an India pale ale, because it, was, it had to last the trip from England to um, India without going bad. Correct. Yeah. So our best idea is that it's Indian, which would make sense, and our second is that it's connected to... Uh, a, a size of a barrel that carries alcohol, is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> so, according to history.com, punch bowls became ubiquitous even here. Like, immediately. The founding fathers drank 76 of them. At the celebration following the signing of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. By the Victorian age, teetotaling punches ruled the day. So that's where we get that. Okay. Where the, the, the non-alcoholic punch. Exactly. Because they were a bunch of nerds. And not in the good way, Joey. I see you looking at me. <laughs> Resurrected in the 2000s by mustachioed mixologists in city <laughs> New York and San Francisco oh, and apparently in Indianapolis because that's where I learned my punch yeah. knowledge well that was the the requisite uh, 10 to 15 years after New York after the coast right fair that. enough yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah wow frothy egg white based and sherbet versions grew popular up until the 50s oh no I've, I've definitely uh, served an egg white based uh punch bowl before delicious was there sherbet but, in it uh no but i'm, I'm familiar with a sherbet probably should have been <laughs> we didn't have yeah, any sherbet right. on hand did you say did it exist or was it popular because <laughs> i don't know that it's popular these w- days what egg white based or sherbet based either oh come on no egg whites are delicious no, no, no. I'm not asking if they're delicious. Makes them nice and frothy. I'm asking if they're popular. Uh, the punch bowls weren't that popular in general because they were super expensive and everybody had to agree on it. But they were real good. Mm-hmm. So, and what happened to that bar you worked at? They're closed right now, aren't they? <laughs> they're all closed, Joey. They're all closed. Too many um, mustachioed mixologists. <laughs> Um, this is unfounded. Uh, it's uh, on Didford's Guide. Has anybody seen this? Nope. Uh, it says that the punch bowl is the 
earliest cocktail. Which, um, you know. I've, I've, so how does one... A, I mean, it's not the first time that we missed al- mixed alcohol with something else. Yeah, um, I wonder yeah, if, the, if cocktail, cocktail didn't really has come to be into three. fashion until like the early 20th century or something like that. Maybe even like no. the 20s or something like that. I mean, what no, year was no. cocktail? No, cocktails are far older than that. So there's there's the uh, there's the grandfather cocktails that have been going on for like ever, right? Like a daiquiri, right? Or a margarita. These things are really old. They're okay. basically just they're almost all um, grandfather cocktails are th- uh, they're three ingredients, and they're based on a couple things. So you take a spirit and then you sweeten it, and then you have to balance that sweet with either sw- citrus or bitter. Okay. Okay. So, so that's all your how cla- you get an old fashioned, right? That's how you get an old fashioned. That's how you get a Manhattan. That's how you get a daiquiri and a margarita. Those are all they're all classic cocktails because they're three ingredients based on the same idea. That spirits are really hot, and the way that you change that is sweetening them. But then to make it, then you have to balance that sweet with a citrus or a bitter. Um, so those things have been going on for a long time um, before you start making bartender books. You know, like these. Um, so. Um, I think that if we're saying that the punch bowl is the first cocktail or whatever, based on this guy's random website, um, and that's what did we decide in the 1600s? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you're well, probably before that. We don't we don't know. It was introduced to the Western world in the 1600s. Okay, yeah, from India, who's been doing s- stuff since. Yeah. But I think basically since you you know I I my my I always tell the story about the uh, the old fashioned comes from the idea of the the wild west when you're um, you know you're just you think of those old movies and you're you're just pouring whiskey into a shot glass you know at some point people were like let's make this a little bit more palatable and you get an old fashioned essentially um, you have a, a cocktail culture in in the United States by the late 1800s so. Um, I think worldwide those things have been going on longer than that. I mean, people have been drinking since yeah. Samaria, right? But I would, my my understanding was always that they didn't really come into vogue until like the twenties, like the Prohibition era, almost, because people started making shitty alcohol and selling it, and you needed to m- mask the taste. The crappy taste. I mean, people I would have thought have that all alcohol making, was shitty before, yeah, like, 1985. Have, yeah, always. people have always been making shitty alcohol. As you drink your high life. <laughs> Maybe it got, like, even worse. Got him. Got him. <laughs> if, I, if I did a spit take, it wouldn't even matter. It wouldn't get on you. It would just get on my computer. Just, thanks, Joey. Uh, what else right. you got, Colson? Um, so, uh, Dad asked this the other day, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, and I didn't Google it because I've got to talk to you guys. Dad doesn't know the answer yet either. He's waiting patiently uh, for us to give him the answer. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you know it's patiently, or are you just... Well, he could be super kind of, pissed, but he's not told Because that's me. the thing. It, you know, you, particularly these days... You call up any service or any company, and they just say thank you for your patience. Like mm. before, even it doesn't matter how impatient you are, how angry you are, when and I, that makes me matter. When I pick up my cell phone, I say thanks for holding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, I digress. Um, you asked me the other day, where does bought the farm come from? The phrase bought the farm. Mm. That means somebody has, has died, right? Kicked the bucket. Or died, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a kick the bucket's a good one too. So I th- right, I'd like a, do a twofer. I'd like a like twofer. twofer. I just <laughs> I, yeah, I want to bought the farm and kick the bucket. Why are those death? Uh, let's start with bought the farm. Let's just let's just try to make it cleaner and easier. Let's start with that one, then we'll try to guess the kick the bucket one. Bought the farm. I, so, I is, it, is this is this along the lines of uh, when you when you uh, put a dog to sleep and you the the euphemism is that you send it to a farm upstate upstate yeah. Um, so when that was when what you talk about people. It's they bought their farm. They bought their bit of land in heaven. Ooh, mm. their bit of land in heaven. Okay. I like Maybe. that. Maybe. I don't know. No, I like that a lot. <laughs> I had something darker in mind. Like, it used to be that in this country, like, uh, the founding fathers were very interested in not being able to pass on a lot of money to your kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, likely, if you died and owned a bunch of real estate, that would get sold out from under you immediately when you died. So okay. I went immediately okay. to a much darker place. I like yours. <laughs> so when you die, somebody else is buying That's your farm. If somebody bought your farm, that means you kicked the bucket. Okay. I like that because I was disappointed in myself that my vision of heaven was uh, farming that had uh, <laughs> land ownership <laughs> and also farming. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, but it's easy, you know. What? Oh, in heaven, it's easy. Oh, in heaven. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, like they take it's care like, of themselves in heaven. Yeah. 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 And they, yeah, and they crap a, gold. You have a the plethora of farm animals and, yeah. you know, all this stuff. <laughs> um, my dad's theory was, which I thought wasn't bad, was uh, that uh, wartime, um, guys uh, were going to, once they got out of the war, their plan was to go, you know, buy okay. a farm and start a family. Sure. Um, and so when they died, that I maybe. Like that. It that, became that, a euphemistic. That, a euphemism, yeah. He went yeah. ahead and bought that farm. Yeah. yeah, that's which really, I thought was a pretty good guess. I really like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that. So I don't know if that's the right answer. He doesn't know. He's waiting on us. But um, Joe, us. Joe, what do you think? So wait, so explain that again. So like you're saying, like, like, uh, so like if you if you went off to war and you're like, when I get back to the states, you know, I'm going to buy yeah. that farm and marry yeah. that girl and live that life. And so it sort of became a euphemism when they died. That you know, when somebody died in war, that mm. their their oh, comrades would be like, "Oh, well, he went ahead and bought that farm." Not 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 right. dissimilar to Jason's right. thing, really. Right, yeah. right. Which is, hmm. um, he's get to he gets to now go to that farm in the sky. I mean, let's face it, guys. If God's not a capitalist, do any of us want to go to heaven? That's <laughs> 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 Okay. That was just for Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) The freest market of the world. (laughs) I don't know. This one, uh, this one, this one I think needs some context. Um, In what sense? I mean, just like, you know, I, I don't know how. 
you know, I don't think the 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 phrase itself leads itself to to it. Seemingly, there's very little um, connecting the 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 meaning to the phrase. You know. Well, okay. So we 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 have a, a couple clues. Uh, one is death, uh, and mm-hmm. two is farming. So uh, Mesopotamia is a good place to start, probably. From Did you? <laughs> who's who's buying farms? Well, I was thinking the other thing is sort of akin to the the soldier that wants to buy the farm when he gets back. You know, a fair amount of agrarian culture in the world is like um, not indentured servitude. That's not the right word, but um, like sharecropping or something like that, where the idea was that you would work the land and eventually you would pay off your debt and you would get the land or something like that being the end the end goal at some level and if yeah. you died early then that's you know whatever I'm also trying you to think of weird financial mechanisms which may mean that like you're more or less indebted by actually dying actually yeah okay mm-hmm. so if mm-hmm. you die and that somehow gets you a burst of money like with a, a insurance and then your kids can have the farm like your death actually bought the farm. Ah, okay, yeah. Because basically, you it's your you, you spent too. your yeah. entire life in indentured servitude, or yeah, sharecropping. Um, so what you're telling me is his entire phrase is based on insurance fraud. <laughs> <laughs> like, like. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Jimmy bought the farm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's work on the other one for a second. Let's okay. think about kick the bucket. Okay. Came from cartoons. <sighs> you from trip cartoons. over a bucket, you break your neck, you die. I mean, it's yeah, for sure that. <laughs> he's, he's a thousand percent. He's already got it. He's done. So so in a cartoon, if you kick a bucket, you it's fall like a over banana and... peel thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Are you like stepping on rakes and stuff? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Running into the 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 canyon wall, <laughs> but it has a painted uh, yeah, picture yeah. of the highway going through it. Um, how, so how this is Wiley Coyote, off? is what you're saying. How, how has the Roadrunner not gotten off or not gotten charged with at least manslaughter? You know, you can't catch him, Joey. That's why. And also, there's no body because Wiley Coyote keeps coming back. There's mm. a there's a there's warrants out there, but you got to get him. You gotta get him in custody first before you can charge him. Yeah, he's got no arms. It's hard to cuff him. I know, mm-hmm. and those ankles are so thin. I mean, <laughs> good luck ankle cuffing him. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I was thinking that it—it's the bucket of life, and that you've kicked it, and it's—it's it's spilled. Now spilled over. Mm. And there's no more life in the bucket. Mm. I like that a lot. I was thinking similar than that, and like the bucket list. So like you uh-huh. have this bucket yes. list yeah. that's oh, full I bet of those things. Are related. They're and then when you when you kick the bucket, there's it, all of the list falls out. Is what I was thinking. But not instead of like all the life, but it'd be your bucket list would fall out and yeah. be done. I mean, yeah, I may piggyback on Jason a little bit and say maybe when there's nothing left, then you just you topple it over, sort of a thing. Mm. Like, okay. Yeah, Ooh, you know, that's good. What what was in has run out. That's your life force or whatever the metaphor here is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, if it's uh, if there's nothing in the bucket, it doesn't need to be upright. Can be easily mm. blown over. 
Yeah. Hmm. That's physics. good. I like that. It all comes back to physics. <laughs> um. Well, okay. When 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 are buckets? When did buckets get real popular? Uh, Samaria. Ever since we, yeah, we've been able to make clay things and wooden things too, right? We can make buckets of everything. Yeah, people. Ever since there was like water, and you wanted to transport water yeah. back to your. This is like basically the first thing that you farm. wanted to do. Yeah, was like, get yeah, water you to where you're at. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. But this raises the question: whether that's whether a a bucket versus a pot. My understanding of a bucket is it has a handle. Yeah. Sure. A pot doesn't have a handle. I mean, that's my understanding of the difference between a pot and a bucket. No, pots have handles. Different kinds. No, I'm thinking like the buckets without handles. Okay, what kind of bucket has no handle? What's the difference between a bucket and a pot, then? I mean, generally, I would say the pot is made out of some sort of ceramic or something. But again, these are words that we created long after the Sumerians, (laughs) so it's sort of arbitrary, right? Well, and that's, I guess, I I, I guess I'm being a little um, to that point, right? Which is the word bucket comes in at some point so and it's not in Samaria at what point do we distinguish our modes of carrying water between so you just want to know the the etymology of bucket no I'm trying to figure out an era when bucket becomes the etymology for that type of thing carrying water or milk or wine or whatever we're carrying at when we got good at uh, what are the dudes called who craft wood who make casts and stuff what are those homies called whittlers no 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 there's no, people the people who uh, make like barrels and stuff oh barrel makers oh, uh, <laughs> thanks no. thanks it's farriers is farriers. it farriers I think that, that sounds yeah. right yeah. yeah that's right okay uh, oh uh, also hoppers I think Hoopers. Hoopers, Hoopers, for sure. Hoopers do things like that, too. Not hoppers. We had just had the hopper one. I can't remember what it was. Put it in the hopper. That was a... That was a uh, Cooper. Cooper? Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, that's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Shout out, Deanna Cooper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Deanna Cooper shout out. Hey, like... <laughs> Deserved. Yeah, that's right. I would say. Okay, so we're going to. Okay, let's. So let's recap. So, bought the farm. Our consensus is that it's something about your passing either allows you to achieve your dream of buying the farm, or your kids now are able to get the farm. I really like. I really like uh, your dad's and Jason's, which is the existential farm. Yes. The existential yeah. farm. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then kick the bucket. We think is the the your your life. You can think of as a bucket of things that are going to happen to you, and by the end, there's you've done all the things, and and it gets. Kicked or if over. you haven't, it's still kicked over. I, but I, so again, I want to get back to this bucket thing, though. I want to say, like, if it, I feel like buckets, firemen had buckets. Um, what if, what <laughs> firemen if, still have true. buckets? 
So what if yeah. if, I mean, if, if the fireman one, knocks over the bucket, bucket, then they can't put out the fire, and then everybody dies? I'm sorry, mm. I didn't follow. I didn't follow that. So if the fireman kicks over the bucket and the water goes out, they can't put out the fire, and everybody dies. Like, oh man, you really kicked the bucket. On exactly. That. Now we're I all gonna see. burn. Gotcha. Um. I mean, my only objection is that, I mean, there was a time when firefighting was like handing buckets down a line yeah. of humans. Mm. Yeah. Um, but one particular bucket wouldn't have made a huge difference in that. Fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah. You make a good, good point. Call. Good call. So it's Wiley Coyote then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What well, we got? Who's, but, but you are yeah, right ahead, that maybe the, the idea that. Yeah, kicking over the bucket as a mistake, right? Uh, Could be the end of or something like that. Something. Like um, you kicked over the bucket, and now there's a spill on the floor, and now somebody comes on and slips on it and bangs her head, and you know it's a a loony tune. Or yeah, if you had something really vital in the bucket that we needed to survive, mm. like this is the last bucket of milk. Right. Right. Maybe that's too literal, though. That kicking the bucket would kill everybody. I don't know. When did we think these terms came around? I like that. I think we should answer that real fast, uh, and then we should look it up. I think bought the farm uh, is... Uh, so, Dad would was saying wartime, and uh, what do you think? Uh, maybe which which war, you know? I mean, there's been a million wars... Um, maybe the Great War. Let's say right? let's say Civil War. I would go or Civil great war. war. Okay. Oh, are you saying like World War Two? What? No, the Great War. <laughs> World War One. World War One. Yeah, because I, I mean, pretty much everybody was a farmer prior. That's like a, that's like a dream. That's true. That you have yeah, because uh, yeah, because war. War, after World War Two, there's industrialization like and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So let's go World War One. On that, if that's our theory, um, that's a pretty pretty reasonable guess. Um, if it's insurance fraud, whenever insurance started. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying insurance Which fraud goes back started. a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't exactly know when insurance came in, but let's go with that. Right, I feel um, like insurance. That's that's the next under Google. Yeah, no kidding. But, uh, Okay, okay, and then kick the bucket. Kick the bucket. Think? I think it started with the the uh, invention of the bucket, um, which again, no, 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 no. I I understand that you're saying. No, I understand what you're saying that that we created vessels to carry water since the dawn of time. Once we started referring to something specifically as a bucket, um, and when prob- do you think that was? This is what I'm saying. Uh, I'm probably I'm gonna say. Uh, just a random guess here. Uh, fourteen eighty three. I think that the mm. kick it kick the buckets around then. Mm. Anybody else have a different guess? Well, when I did mean, you say eighteen forty three. Fourteen eighty three. It's like I, I I don't feel like that's the time when we discovered how to make wood into a bucket. Like, it either happened 800 years before then or <laughs> okay, okay. 400 years after. <laughs> let's like, say, nothing, there let's was no bucket. technology happening. Like, <laughs> okay, let's I'm say definitely buckets are definitely way before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 1200. 12, 
You, you think like you no, don't think Je- you don't think like, there's even less technology happening like in ancient what? Egypt? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't but. think Jesus had access to a bucket? Okay, yeah. all right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, you, that he was a he, he was a carpenter. You, you think buckets didn't exist? Okay, oh God, uh, yeah. in the form you, of Jesus. Why are you dissing on Jesus during Easter? Definitely weekend, know how to make man. buckets. Unbelievable. Yeah, you're right. All right. What's okay. Um, so Jesus invented buckets. That's correct. <laughs> At least we have our history down. Jesus infinite. They get everything. He's amazing. Okay. Uh bought Ooh. the farm. Ooh, this is good. World War Two era. Mm. Uh from the Air Force. Uh so your dad was right, basically. Okay. Yeah, he, he nailed this thing like a bucket. That uh, <laughs> soldiers had a dream of saving up to go home and buy the farm uh, after the war, but deceased. Uh, let's see. But the deceased pilot received a small plot of land automatically. Oh, oh, okay. So, oh, so your actual death bought figure. you a farm. Oh, wow. Uh, and also, heavily, folk also. etymology holds that the insurance payout to the soldiers beneficiaries and or the military pension provided to the bereaved dependents may have ironically fulfilled his old dream and allowed his surviving family to pay off all loans on the family farm. So everyone is right? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> that has never amazing. happened before. That is amazing. This is I give, the first I give time. extra props to Pops Colson on that. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, he yeah, wins he it. Nailed yeah. it. He nailed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody got a little piece of the pie there. He should probably be on Undergoogables because apparently he's better at this than we are. Yeah, but. <laughs> no, Shout out, Pops. Here. Uh, kick the bucket. I should be helping. Instead, I'm just sitting here drinking. Ah. One theory. A person standing on a pail or bucket uh, with their head in a slip noose yep. would kick the bucket as to oh, yeah, that's dark. That's dark. That is dark. Very dark. I, I, I found one that it has to do with an older meaning of bucket that refers to the wooden beam often found in a barn roof where an animal oh, carcass might be hung. Not happy, but less dark. Yeah. Oof. To kick the bucket then <laughs> signifies the pig's death throes. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, this is dark stuff, this man. Don't let's let's not let's let's end the show on what just happened. Let's just stop. <laughs> yeah. I liked it when everyone was a winner and things were happy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's it's to slaughter animals. It's no good. Well. Slightly better than slaughtering humans. Yeah, and sure. it seems like that one is more likely this source. So the uh, the handle on a bucket is generally called a bale, which is generally considered a defining feature. So okay, a proper bucket should have yes. a handle. There's a hole in the bucket. Um, I think that's Do the only time I've been right all day. So shout out to that's me. That's a good one. <laughs> but you know. Well, no, I guess those bu- those mop buckets, they do have it. The ones with the ringers in them, you know? I guess they mm-hmm. also have a bale. On them. Yep, they do, for sure. Right. Buckets were f- 
warmer. Uh, so, so if you go back to the etymology of the word, the old French bouquet bucket, which is from Frankish, diminutive of an old English cognate, pitcher or bulging vessel, original belly. Buckets were formerly made of leather as well as wood. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, um, bulging vessel was my nickname in high school. No, it was not. <laughs> All right, it's time to get out of here. <laughs> what is what is wrong with you? I'll tell you what, this is uh, this has got to end soon. We got to get you uh, socializing. We got to get you out, out on the streets, Colson. Actually, no, you should not do that. It's it's <laughs> called social distancing, my friend. No, um, I was saying like we needed we needed an environment where it's safe to do so. Yep, yep. You're you're clearly feeling the effects of this pretty badly. <laughs> that is true. Um, if I could just stand in the street and yell at others, is that, is that what you want me to hmm. do? Just don't smile at them behind your mask. Right. <laughs> right. Just don't do that. <laughs> don't give them the dead eye smile. Don't do yeah. it. I got to go like full crazy happy eyes, <laughs> even though it was like it only deserved a smirk, you know. Like the mouth is expressive, my friend. Mm. Quick update on the Easter Bunny, Santiago, yep. Chile, one point six billion baskets delivered. Wow. Okay. So what? How many? How many uh, baskets is your dumb rabbit delivered, Colson? <laughs> I'm assuming zero. Yeah. <laughs> my, rabbit, my rabbit probably pooped on the rug. That's probably her big accomplishment yeah, today. Yeah. But Took a nap. Unlike the Easter Bunny, gave COVID to no one. Mm. <laughs> Easter Bunny is rampantly during COVID. Just real trouble. So I do have a question. So is the Easter Bunny considered magic like Santa is? Or is it just like real fast? I mean, it's going 2,700 miles an hour. I'll go ahead and call that magic. Right, I know. But like when you're when you're a kid and like they tell you the story, like is I never think of the Easter Bunny as magical necessarily, right? I never really thought of the Easter Bunny as like something that came and delivered the basket. I didn't either. It oh, really? Thing that, that that's was, why uh, I think the Easter Bunny track, tracker is novel because I don't think of them like Santa Claus at all. Right, yeah. Is that how it was in your house? Like you woke up in the morning and and the Easter bunny had had left me an Easter basket. Yeah. Actually, so, now that you say that, maybe and that, taking your teeth. And, and, <laughs> no. So my memory was I, I went to see um, some friends in West Virginia um, during Easter. My, my family and I visited a family, and um, they had this big thing. The big story was um, the Easter bunny got sick one year. And couldn't hit all the houses, and and asked his friend, the Easter Duck, to help him. <laughs> and so, when I so and I don't know if this is a, a, a version of the story because they went to the store to buy an Easter Bunny a stuffed animal, and they were out, and they just had a stuffed animal duck. But when I woke up, there was a a, a stuffed duck in my basket, and they told me this long story about how the Easter Duck yeah. takes half of the world now. And the Easter Bunny takes the other half. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Because they're buddies. Yeah. yeah. Because it was too much work to do the whole world by yourself. Um, and so some houses have the Easter Duck come by, and that was and, and in West Virginia you get the Easter Duck, I and in like Annapolis you get the Easter Bunny. Yeah. So, 
I still believe like that to I still believe that to this day. <laughs> there's all these different things, and you can figure out what it is you want to tell your kids that the tooth fairy is. Mm-hmm. Creepy. In my so in my day, we just had we just had uh, one. Uh, we just had room in our lives in the budget in our lives just for for uh, one generic uh, holiday mascot. They did everything. They left a present. They just they just took all your teeth and then uh, left one egg and that was what it. Did you, what did you call that? <laughs> they thing? left an egg. Real messed up day. Well, you... <laughs> Real messed up day. <laughs> oh no, we so, were some random day. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know when it was coming. Yeah. No, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. When you see it, usually it's a, it's an unholy tear. You don't all right, let's uh, let's get out of here unless you guys got something else. I think we answered all the uh, the problems of the world. Mm-hmm. Solved. All right. Well, if you got a question, you need answering uh, as well as we answer questions. <laughs> uh, We're super yeah, efficient with it, for sure. Very very efficient. Uh, <laughs> 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 when this ends up coming out on the undergoogleables as a separate, um, uh-huh. you know, I mean, you think about it like uh, every week they're like, you know, ten to twelve minute episodes, and then when this one comes out, it'll be just an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. Or or even if we edit it yeah. into three different undergoogleable episodes, they're st- thirty okay, minutes at a time. Yeah. Right. Hey, look, if you want quicker, more concise answers, Venmo us, and we'll hire Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> He's expensive, though. Yeah. He's so got send better a sh- lot of money. <laughs> He's got better shit to do. So, yeah, send a lot of money. <laughs> well, you can send those questions. Uh, and that and, money. And your Venmo address to uh, at Undebeatables on, fi- on uh, Twitter. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Our website, TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us all a message, and wherever you're listening, if you can rate and or review us, uh, share the episode with the Pacer fan in your life. Um, really helps spread the word to people who don't know about the or- original phrases. <laughs> Which is all that matters right now. <laughs> exactly right. The, yeah, these days, we don't even care if you share it with a Pacer fan in your life. Just oh. share it with the people in your life. Right. We're talking about you know everything. Yeah, this is no yeah. longer about Pacers. Um, and and uh, shout out to everybody who's still listening, um, all three of you. And uh, shout out to you guys for still doing this because this is uh, this is the only social interaction I get. So cheers, love you cheers guys. See you, my man. Cheers. <laughs> and uh, also cheers to Bobby Sicklinard, our once and always coach. Turn out the lights. The party's over. <laughs> this is very nefarious. Uh, put your mask on. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This started going to a bad place after kick the bucket. We gotta. <laughs> Stop recording before Cole starts putting a hit out on people. <laughs> wow. <laughs>